Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Whenever I go to prepare to preach in a church, um, I don't come with a favorite message on this subject or that subject, but I really go, actually, I just, uh, it doesn't sound that spiritual, but I go up, walk about amongst the gum trees with the kangaroos. That's what I do. Because to me, that's my garden. And Father and me just walk around and talk around. And I'm His son, He's my father. And we hang out. And then I find myself hearing His whispers about what He wants to say. And so I start with a blank sheet of paper. And then He just tells me some stuff that He'd like me to pass on. And I wrote down three or four major points, um, which I won't share this morning because I've sent them by way of email to Pastor Russell um, uh, for him and the leadership to look at. But one of those points that God gave me was, as I got a hold of it, I realized that it not only applied to the leadership of the house, it applied to you. It, It applied to every single one of you this morning. And I'm really excited about that because I believe God wants to speak into our hearts, not not our heads, but our hearts. Uh, um, I, I believe that God wants us to go out of here different in a very notable way. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, that that is Your intention this morning. Father, that You will cause the impregnation of Your Word, the impregnation of the Holy Spirit. Father, that Your Word will bring a transformational effect in every single life that now reaches out to receive that. Father, we alone give You the honour in Jesus' Name. Amen. I want to kick it off this morning from a Scripture that we all know very well, many of us know well, Psalm 133, verse 1. Uh, Behold how pleasant, good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I always preach on unity when I get to that Scripture, but the Lord quickened to me uh, the words dwell together dwell together. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And so I took a hold of the word dwell and I looked up the original Hebrew language in which it was written. And it said, it said the words to inhabit, to establish, to inhabit, to establish. And as I was reading it, I felt quickened by the Holy Spirit that you cannot inhabit something you haven't first possessed. And so Israel as a nation was promised the, the promised land, but, but it wasn't theirs until they invaded it, conquered it, and established it under his kingdom rule and kingdom culture. And so only then could they inhabit it. So that scripture for you and I, the word dwell, uh, is better translated invade and Established. That's what it literally means. And I want you to have a good look at that term, invade and establish, because I believe that uh, the essence of what God is wanting me to say and impart, more than say, but impart into your spirit as planet shakers is those words, invade 
and establish. Invade and establish. I believe that it's a calling on the house. I believe it's a calling on Pastor Russell's life. I believe it's a calling on this church to invade and establish. I do not believe there'll ever be a day, there'll never be a year in which there are not new territories and new horizons where God is calling this church to go forth and invade and establish the kingdom of God. I believe that. And so then that means it affects your life and mine. And I'll comment on that in a moment. The second word, together, um, I was, again, a little surprised when I looked it up in the Hebrew, and it literally means to be and do likewise. To be and do likewise. And so what's God saying here? He's saying, invade and establish. And then I was thinking of the mantle and grace and calling that's on Pastor Russell's life and this church to, to go into nations, to go into cities, to invade and establish the kingdom of God. And I thought to myself, well, if that's on our leadership, then it must be on us. And when I read this word, to be and do likewise. So it's not all that happening up here, but it's you going out there to be and do likewise. And so I was thinking about that and I was just meditating on it and suddenly the Lord gave me this very, very clear prophetic picture. And when I see those things, they're very, very clear. And what I saw was Pastor Russell on a stage like this, and it was just this sea of planet shakers out there. And he came on the, the stage, he came on the platform with, with this mantle. I've got something to, it's not really, that's not a real mantle, but it, it'll do, okay? And, and it was like it was clothed on his shoulders. And as he, and as he stood up, it was his apostolic grace, it was his apostolic calling that he was carrying. And, and then he caught up and he took a hold of it and he just flung it out over the top of, of the congregation. And as it left his hands and went out there, it suddenly became this incredible global grace that went right over the, the everybody that was a planet shaker, no matter what country, what nation, what city, it was just like this global grace. And, and the most amazing thing was, that I then saw as it went out there that, that uh, people would stand up and they would just reach out to receive it. And when they did that, it became part of who they were. And so I saw other people that did not reach out. They were there, but they didn't reach out and it didn't impact them at all. They went out the same way they came in. But, but those who reached out for received an impregnation of what Pastor Russell was carrying, which changed their whole attitude when they went to work the next day. And so I want to lean into that as I believe that's what God was saying to us. Do you know, in Matthew chapter eight, you have the story of the centurion coming to meet Jesus and his servant is sick and he says Jesus you don't have to go there you just have to say a word of command and I know my servant will be healed why because I see that you are a man Jesus under great authority and therefore you must carry authority and he says, I am a centurion, I am under authority, therefore I carry great authority. And Jesus marveled at it and he said, wow, 
I've never seen faith like this anywhere in Israel. You really know how my kingdom works. And I want to put it up on the screen for you. The centurion principle, the authority that you're under determines the authority that you carry. You got a hold of it? The authority you're under determines the authority you carry. To the degree that I am under the authority of the Christ, I carry the authority of the Christ. There's a lot of people out there huffing and puffing and claiming to, to do great things in Jesus' name, but I'm telling you now, that in the spirit world, every demon and every angel knows one thing. In the spirit world, they know that you only carry as much authority as you are subject to authority. And the degree to which He is Lord of you, you have authority and that which He gives you. And so I began to lean into this and I thought, well, Father, you're trying to tell me something. And I realized as I look back over the last 50 years of ministry that I had seen something again and again and again. And that and this is what I saw. I saw that not only is it true of my relationship with Jesus as my King, but it is also true of those that He appoints as oversight in my life. You see, if I honor the king, I must honor those he appoints. And so there's, it's a transferal of grace and mantle. And so I would like to say to you this morning, and I believe God really stirred me to say this, that the apostolic grace and mantle that's on Pastor Russell's life isn't just on his life. It's actually, if I am submitted to that grace, if I'm submitted to that authority, then it must also fall on me. It must fall on me. And I, and I know that to be true because I've raised up a, quite a number of, uh, of uh, young prophets and teachers and ministries. And we made a decision a little while ago, a few years ago, to, to become Planet Shakers. And we spoke of Pastor Russell and we came under his apostolic authority in our lives. And I'm telling you now, the change in our team was quite dramatic. And, and why? Because it was a grace transferal. And I, and I want you to see that if you're a planet shaker this morning, this affects you. This directly can bring transformation to the world of which you are part. Can you say amen? amen? Now, what does it mean? I mean, we know what it means for Pastor Russell. He goes into nations, goes into cities, you know, worlds opening up, Geneva, etc. I know what it means for Pastor Russell, but what does it mean for you? What did it mean for you Tuesday morning, Thursday night, Saturday lunch. Oh, what does it mean for you? Well, let me tell you what it means. Because when Paul, Jesus, and all the others used that term apostle, when, he, when Paul went into a town like in Romans 11, he went and he says, I am an apostle to you Gentiles. Now, when he used that term, instantly everybody that was there knew exactly what he was saying. They knew the common usage of that term in everyday language, and friends, it was not a religious term. It had nothing to do with religion. It was never spoken in the synagogue. It was a political military term. It was only ever used in a political military sense, and, the, and is largely attached to the Romans. And so when Paul would go in and say, I have come as an apostle. Instantly they knew what he was saying because they knew what an apostolus was. 
And here's how it operate. Caesar would decide that he wanted another city or another nation, and he would then take a general, and he would give him the commission, I want you to invade by way of military conquest and conquer that nation. But then he would take another person, and sometimes, often, in fact, they were the same person but two different commissions. He would say this, it's not enough to invade. I, I want you to go there, and once you have invaded and conquered, I want you to establish. I want you to change things. I want you to replace the culture that exists there with the culture of Rome. And so when Paul comes in and he says, I have come as an apostle, everybody knew exactly what he meant. I have come to invade. I've come to invade. I represent another kingdom. I am here to conquer the spiritual forces and wickedness in this place. And I am gonna replace this spiritual culture with the culture of heaven. It, it, was, not, it was not some, uh, I'm gonna start a meeting and I hope people will come. Uh, it, it never entered his head. Never entered his head. He wasn't there to start a meeting. He was there to possess a city. He was there to possess a nation. He was there to possess a province because he knew that what he carried on his life was to go in there, invade and conquer those spiritual forces of wickedness and establish the kingdom of God and the culture of heaven. He was not, if he was no sort of sense of what do I do now? He was so focused. He knew exactly what his commission was. And I guess what I'm saying here this morning is, you carry that commission. You are not called as an apostle, but you are called to be apostolic. You are so called to be apostolic, why? Because every single person here is called to invade and establish. You are called to make a difference. You are called as an agent of transformation and change. It's the reason why you are in that family. It's the reason why you're in that office. It's the reason why you're in that boardroom. It's the reason why you're on that building site. You are there as an agent of transformation. You are there commissioned by God to make things change. I understand where my heart is here is invade and establish. We talk about doing the will of God, extending the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. But friends, what is that? The will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven is simply an invasion. It is an invasion of a city or a nation or a home or a family or an office with, 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 the, with the kingdom of God and the culture of heaven. I have no idea where I am, but I tell you what, friends, I am alive on the inside. I know that my life can change the environment. And there are too many fatalistic Christians on the planet who seem to go through life. Well, you don't know my circumstance. And I, you know, I just gotta, I guess I gotta accept things. You don't have to accept things. If you are under authority, you carry authority. You can change your environment when you carry the culture of heaven into that environment. You're called to invade. You're called to invade darkness with light, rejection with acceptance, sorrow with hope, greed with generosity, lust with purity, 
anger, with reconciliation. Friends, you have been placed by God to replace the culture with a culture of heaven. And it's your commission. It's your commission. You know, in Matthew 6, we have the well-known Lord's Prayer, which is really ours. He was telling us to pray. Do you know that when Jesus said, I want you to pray like this, He wasn't actually giving us a formula of prayer. He was actually, you see, your prayer life reflects your priorities. You pray most about what you care about most. So when Jesus was saying, this is the way I want you to pray, pray, he was actually saying to you, this ought to be the priority. This should be your consuming focus. This should be what drives you when you get up in the morning. He says, this is where it's really at and where was it? In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Isn't it amazing that he always starts off not with God Almighty, but with Father? The most life transforming thing in my life in these last 50 years is the day that I realized that he wasn't just God Almighty, although he really is, but he was my Father. That I was his son. Oh, I wasn't like a son, I was his son. The Bible says you are begotten of his incorruptible seed and that makes him actually your father. I think some of you need to get that way down on the inside. So let me read it to you now. Let me read this statement that Jesus made, pulling out the amplification of it. Here we go. Father, let your name be revered. Let it be held in awe. Let it be considered holy. Let it be greatly honored, Father, here on the earth, and let who you really are be seen by mortal men as your authority to rule over is demonstrated through me and your will is being done on the earth through me in just the way it's done in heaven. And friends, let the world see you for who you really, really are. Do you know that Jesus said in John 14, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He, he came to represent the Father to us so that we can literally see what Father looked like. I can't find, uh, you know, got to be careful with this, but there is no greater compliment paid to me in 50 years of ministry. It's all by His grace, all by His grace. But I'm telling you now, when someone walked up to me as I did a few days ago and they said something, you know, of all the preaching and all the rest of it, but, but I, I hang around you a little while and I feel loved like a father would really love me. And I went away and said, that's the biggest compliment of the entire year. If I, if I can have somebody feel that they're loved by my father because of what they see in me, there is no greater compliment than that. And I want to say, Jesus just came to represent the father. He came to represent the culture of heaven. You see, the culture of heaven, people, is the Father. It's simply the extension of His person. My Father fills all of heaven and who He is just radiates out. The tragedy is that that can all be so and individuals can just miss it. You know, the, the, the demons of hell were created by God, beautiful, and they were angels, and they were magnificent, and they were powerful, and they were incredible. And today they're ugly and evil. 
and dark and horrible. Why? Because they chose not to do His will. You see, you cannot embrace Father without doing His will. You can't embrace His will without embracing His person. If you, have, if you can't embrace obedience without embracing culture, you see, the reflection of my obedience to Him and my intimacy with Him is that you will see something of Him in me. I bring the culture of heaven representing my Father. I trust that you're enjoying the message, but more than enjoying it, I trust you are being impregnated with that sense of hope and faith and courage to go out into your world and make a difference. You are an agent of change. Oh, friends, you want the will of, if you want the miraculous of God, I mean, heaven's full of the miraculous. It is miraculous. It just permeates every part of heaven. So if you want it and you want the culture of heaven, let me tell you this, there's only one way the will of God is done in heaven. Absolutely. There's no debate in heaven. There's no question and answer time in heaven. There's no forum of opinions. There's no reluctance. There's no discussions. There's no hesitation. There's no applied logic. <laughs> There's no sitting down. Let's let this one out. No, it's just, Father, what do you say? Oh, what, what, you know, let's look and see how other people have done it. No, no, no. Uh, let's see what the latest book on philosophy tells us to do. No, no, no. Well, you see, the reason why the church out there, I'm talking globally, has lost something of the power of the book of Acts is they have lost the simplicity of the book of Acts. In the, uh, the Bible, the Bible wasn't a source of Good thinking. It was the absolute. It was, it was the end of the conversation. If it was in here, it didn't need to be discussed. It needed to be obeyed. And we have the miraculous in the book of Acts because we have people that are not messing around with the culture of heaven. And they're not getting politically correct they're not trying to make it different or more acceptable and won't upset people. Listen, it's filled with the miraculous power of God. All we have to do is accept it in the simplicity that He wrote it. We need to enact it, not discuss it. Friends, when it all boils down to it, it's not how noble it is. It's not how spectacular it is. It's not how many of the, my peers might applaud it or cheer. But really, it's a matter of how clearly I've heard my father's voice and how boldly I have obeyed what he said. It's a degree to which who we are in that given moment has actually represented who he is. Because I've come to the conclusion, the rest of it, no matter how dramatically celebrated on the earth, is wood, hay, and stubble in my Father's eyes. And the Holy Spirit will never empower anything I say, or I do, or I think, or I initiate, unless it truly reflects my Father. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal the Father. 
And, and if I want the authority and the dominion of the Holy Spirit in my life, then I had better settle the fact that unless I live out the culture of heaven, I will never have the power of heaven. And friends, we're gonna settle this issue because right now, you're, you are held responsible, I am held responsible for the environment in which God places us. I am responsible to invade that environment with a culture of heaven. And when that culture, you see, Jesus was the total embodiment of the culture of heaven. Everything about the Father, the wonder, the order, incredible goodness, everything was wrapped up in Jesus. That's why he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But friends, listen to me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the embodiment of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the embodiment of the culture of heaven. It's all contained in the person of the Holy Spirit now. Jesus said that, and He resides in you. Friends, we complicate it, but let me tell you something. It's not a matter of you trying. It's not a matter of you trying to be different. It's not a matter of you trying to change things. It's a matter of you surrendering. It's a matter of your will being submitted to His will so that when you go into that environment, it's not your agenda, it's not your image, it's not your program, it's not proving you were right or someone else was wrong. You don't care about any of that stuff. You're in there to represent your Father. You're in there to hear the whispers of heaven. You're in there to bring His agenda. When you reflect the culture of heaven, when you represent my Father, the Holy Ghost is obligated to empower you because He empowers anyone that carries the culture of heaven. Oh, have you any idea what it could do to your personal world? Just imagine your home. Just imagine your office. Just imagine your sports club or Whatever it is, your world, can you just imagine what it would look like if you woke up every morning of your life knowing that you had an apostolic call? I didn't say you were an apostle. I said an apostolic function in the fact that you too are called to invade and establish and you didn't get up in the morning feeling like a victim. You didn't get up in the morning feeling fatalistic. You didn't get up in the morning saying, oh God, I gotta go to that place again today. <laughs> no, you get up in the morning and say, Father, I am not an accident going somewhere to happen. I am a man or a woman under divine command. That means I am in that office by divine command. I am in that sports club by divine command. And I know that I am empowered by the Holy Ghost to subdue the spiritual forces and the spiritual wickedness. I am empowered by the Holy Ghost to bring about change. And instead of responding to life, you become proactive you begin to determine your environment. You determine the culture. Oh, how incredible that would be. 
I'm not putting pie in the sky with your die stuff. I'm saying what's real. And if you don't believe it, you'll never see it. It starts with believing it. And it'll always be tested. Yesterday I got tested on it. And someone really pressed my button. <laughs> I mean, you know, really pressed it. And I could feel every sense of my Irish heritage coming to the fore. God, I'm not allowed to kill no more. But how close to it can I get? And and, and, I, I, and then suddenly, the, you know, and things started to change in the room and the atmosphere fell like a, like a lead balloon. Everybody, in the, they didn't know what I was thinking, but they could feel the weight of it. Why? Because your spirit's far greater than your body. You radiate, you emanate who you are. And suddenly the Holy Spirit, and, and things were just going down the gurgler, and, and suddenly the Holy Spirit reminded me what I had to get up here today and preach. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I didn't wait for my feelings to change. I made a decision. My God, I am not gonna submit to this. Greater is He that's within me than that's sitting in this room. And I'm going to change the culture. And I began to think differently, speak differently. And I began to put a smile on my face and laughter in my spirit. And I tell you what, within 10 minutes, the whole place had changed. You are called, but you're also empowered. Oh friends, there'd be no depression. There'd be no poverty, there'd be no hatred, there'd be no anger, there'd be no contention, there'd be no pornography, there'd be no despair, there'd be no rejection, there'd be no insecurity, there'd be no pride, there'd be no selfishness. Why? Because they don't exist in heaven. They're not, they don't exist in the Holy Ghost. Let me say this to you. When the world sees the culture of heaven, it's indescribably attractive. Evangelism, ha, evangelism would be effortless. It would be like this great redemptive tsunami that was just a a predictable response to men and women seeing ordinary mortal human beings walk around on the planet radiating something that could not be broken or put down, radiating something that was so beautiful, so irresistible that they, that they cannot stand back. Friends, I'm telling you now, the culture of heaven changes wherever it is taken. And I have no idea where I am. <laughs> but I do know this. Monday morning, tomorrow morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you do have a choice. 
And you can go out with a victim mentality. You can go out with a ho-hum mentality. You can go out to re-embrace the status quo. Or you can go out as a commissioned warrior of Christ who knows who they really are as a son, as a daughter, and the commission they carry. And you can bring transformation. Now, I know that some of you may have had a very abusive culture and you're wounded. I feel for you, but I wanna assure you of something. Greater is He that's within you. And and the culture of heaven is greater than any culture you take it into. You see, it's a spirit-empowered culture. It's not replacing one human culture with another human culture, because that's just brings about nothing but contention and fighting. But I'll tell you what now, when you bring a Holy Spirit supernatural culture, it's gotta change everything it touches. And my challenge to you is to take it. You see, it rests, it rests, it rests on Pastor Russell, Pastor Sam, and the leadership of this house. They've got an apostolic grace. I speak with a lot of major leaders worldwide. I speak at pastors' conferences, stuff like that. And we talk afterwards and we talk about various ministries globally. And I'll tell you what, the whole world is recognising the fact that Pastor Russell has a global apostolic mantle on his life. And if that's true, then the authority you submit to determines the authority you carry. The grace you submit to determines the grace you carry. There's not one single person in this building that cannot know the empowerment and the anointing and the grace of being a world changer and a transformation, a transformer of the culture that you find yourself in. It's not only for every Christian, it's for you. And I wanna do something now, I, Pastor Russell is not here. He's bringing transformation in Houston. But did Rudy dematerialize? Does he, ah, come. Now, I, I want, I want, because I want to remind you, I want to remind you of the, the vision that kicked all this off this morning. When my father spoke to me, clear as a word, that, that the, what, would, what would be the hallmark of planet shakers moving forward would be invade and establish, invade and establish, invade and establish. A certain city will come up and Pastor Russell will say, well, let's invade and establish. A, 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 a nation will come up. We're gonna invade and establish. We're gonna replace it with the kingdom of God. And when I was looking at that, and I saw that vision of him standing and and he had this mantle on him representing the apostolic grace, and it was over his shoulders. And then he threw it. Ah, this is just a towel, but imagine. I mean, he's not Pastor Russell either. But imagine, he's reasonably good looking. He's all right. So, 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 we'll, we'll, there we go. Now, you carry that apostolic grace and mantle that's on Pastor Russell. Come, 
And I, now, I'm not doing theatrical tricks. I'm not doing theatrical tricks. But sometimes a physical thing speaks of something powerful in the Spirit. And I know that my Father spoke to me before I came here and said, those who will reach out in from their spirit to receive an apostolic grace of empowerment to change their world and their environment, to invade and establish, invade and establish. If they will reach out for it with a passionate heart, the Holy Ghost will begin to burn inside of them with a new authority and a new commission. So I don't know about you, but if there's anybody here that wants that, then I'm gonna get ready to take Pastor Russell's mantle and I'm gonna get him to throw it because what I saw in that vision was as, it, as a mantle went out from his hands, there was this incredible impregnation of that grace upon people's lives. So if you want that and you're determined to walk out of here different and embrace the life God has given you, then I want you to stand up and reach out as Pastor Rudy right now throws it. Okay, receive, receive, receive. Receive it in your spirit. You are not a victim. You're an agent of transformation. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.